Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities isn't just a statement. It is Central Bank's past and future. It is their successes and challenges. It is more than 110 years of service that spans across 140 plus locations. Strong roots, endless possibilities. That means that they're here for you. Learn more at centralbank.net, member FDIC. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. It's a weird week. It's been a weird week. We did a Tuesday pod, and now we're doing a midday Wednesday pod, and the trivia pod will drop on Friday now. So today, to continue with the inconsistencies of the week, I've got my man Alex Spears on the line. Alex, what's up? What up, Andrew? Hump day! It's a hump day, and good news hump day. Several bits of good news. If you're a basketball fan or a Thunder fan or just a fan of people just being super weird. Super weird. Paul Pierce thinks that LeBron James isn't a top five player of all time. Not really even a conversation. Just a comment. Really very weird. Uh, He said that on a video for ESPN. The biggest news of the day, though, is that Orlando and Disney World has become the front runner for the NBA in a bubble or the NBA campus however you want to say it. And Sham Sharania and Sam Amick were the first to report that. And then Keith Smith piggybacked on that and said that Walt Disney World has begun the early stages of reworking some of their hotel spaces for housing, the NBA, and their needs. The wide world of sports complex has also had some work done in anticipation of hosting the NBA and possibly MLS per Disney sources. It's pretty cool that Keith Smith's got all these Disney sources, one. He's Uh, a Disney man. He's a company. Well, not anymore a company man, but he worked there for like 20 years. Yeah. I I guess that I I didn't know that. He worked for Disney? Oh, yeah. That's how he knows all this stuff. He worked for Disney for like two decades. Makes way more sense. And it definitely sounds like a Keith Smith thing to do. To work for Disney for 20 years. Um, yeah, dude. He's Mickey's best. What if his source is Mickey? <laughs> he could be the mouse himself. Uh, so I, I would love to know what the hotel accommodations, the reworking of them means and what that is. Because if you've ever been to, to Disney World and stayed at any of their hotels, they're all very nice. So I'd like to know what that is and what that means. Uh, but very exciting news because I don't think that stuff like this leaks out if they're not preparing for that. And we don't know when the announcement will be. Uh, I would anticipate within the next week or two weeks that Adam Silver will release a plan. And it seems like the Disney World uh, the Disney World location is going to be it. So uh, nothing official, but I don't think that stuff like this gets out unless... It's a sincere part of of the plan moving forward. Yeah, and I, I you know, if if you go back and read Keith's original article, 
it just seems like they're set up perfectly. And I don't know what reworking their hotels means either. Maybe that just means they're, you know, going to be cordoning off certain areas of a hotel or maybe dedicating certain hotels just to have like confined staffs. Maybe they'll have all the staffs live at the hotel as well during whatever period this is going to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I still don't understand. And I've heard it from Bill Simmons. I've heard it from other people, this idea that like, well, they're probably not going to do like all 16 teams. Like they're not going to do a 16 team playoff Mm -hmm. and everyone keeps saying 12 teams. And I just haven't heard the argument other than just like this arbitrary, we're going to cut off four teams because for some reason going from 12 to 16, that's the amount of people that's too much. I can't imagine them actually cutting out four teams and just saying you're not going to be able to do this. I don't think they will. I mean, I've heard that mentioned as just like an off-the-cuff, like, we should do this kind of thing. And when you hear from the actual newsbreakers that are, you know, uh, Shamsharania and Woj and Sam Amick, you never hear anything like that from those guys. And, and it just doesn't make any yeah. sense if you look even what like what Adam Silver said about how they have no plans to do like five game series. Yes. You know, there, there was some report that came out not too long ago that said like they're really going to be trying to do the full playoff slate with seven game series. So if that's the case, there's no reason that they're all of a sudden just going to drop four teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're doing those seven games both to keep it consistent with past years, but also to maximize their revenue. Oh, yeah. I mean, close to a billion dollars that they would lose if they don't do it. And they're going to try to get as much of that as they can because they're losing a ton of money right now. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say that it's not impossible that they play some regular season games. I mean, if they're moving, it's May 20th and we're already getting news of that. If they get things started by mid-July, like let's say we have games being played mid-July, I think there's time to play at least some of the regular season. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out either. I think still a lot is on the table. I, I would say it's still the smarter play is to have just the playoffs and just play them like like they would have been. Maybe you do a play-in tournament for the eighth seed. Maybe you, I, I would say you just don't do that. <laughs> just just take the eight teams that are that have made it and send them. Just I think that mitigates some risk that you would have. Right. Uh, and I. And I say just just go for it because I think that most people would be on board with that. I mean, obviously, like Blazers fans and Pelicans fans wouldn't be very excited about that, and I get it. But to me, it's hard to mitigate risk during this time, and that is a way to just chop the amount of people in half that wouldn't be exposed due to what the NBA is doing. So, to me, that's that's what I would that's what I would do. But I still think that the regular season's on the table. So with with some newfound positivity, we got to talk about the next question, Andrew. How will we do a championship parade during COVID-19 <laughs> in Oklahoma great, City? Great I have question. an idea. What if it's like, you know how people have been doing these like uh, birthday car, uh, they show up, everyone just drives by. We in did their one car. for my son, yeah. Yeah, what if we do that for the championship parade? We get We get Billy and all the players... And they'll be at, at the Chesapeake Center, and then anyone can will create a line of cars, and we'll all drive by over one day and just wave to the players. It will take thirty six hours for this to happen, <laughs> but we're gonna do it. <laughs> oh, and what you could do is you could broadcast the like the speeches that they give 
on the radio. So everyone's in their car listening to the speeches. <laughs> and then you have to set a you have to set a minimum speed limit or it would take a long time. Or we just do a Zoom Zoom call for the parade. A giant a giant with all of the Oklahoma City citizens. Everyone is welcome to hop on the Zoom call. And the pl- God, that would be so lame. I would be so mad if that were what happened. <laughs> that would be so crazy. Um, my son's showing me some cool Legos. Those are cool Legos. Um, but yeah, man, I just... It's very exciting to think about basketball being played again. I think there's so many things to think about when it comes to them playing in this bubble environment. I mean, home court, thrown out. You're just playing in one location every night, which home court was a is a huge deal in the playoffs. Yeah. And Oklahoma City, obviously a great place. Also, no playoff candy. I don't know if this may be the very first time that I've thought about that, is that I was getting pretty excited in January for playoff candy and uh, no playoff candy this year. Uh, but I, I just think that there's so many things to think about. Like who, what, what players would thrive because there's no fans? Uh, which ones are going to suffer because there's nobody, you know, helping hype you up? You know, like Russell Westbrook, when he's dunking and like stomping around, a lot of that is like theatrics that gets the crowd just into it and going crazy. And, is he still doing the same stomping around in a, you know, mostly empty gym? You know, is it, are the same things happening? I mean, like a guy like Nikola Jokic, who doesn't show a lot of emotion on the court, I think he'll do fine as long as he hasn't eaten himself into 400 pounds during this time. I think that he would be fine. But I just kind of think about guys that are very emotional, that thrive off the crowd environment, and then there's others that, you know, just kind of are steady um, the Thunder. Do, the, do you think of the Thunder as of any of those guys as guys that thrive off the crowd environment? No, in fact, I think OKC would be set up pretty well, just because I think they're a really close knit group of guys, mm-hmm. and they would kind of feed off this uh, kind of insular environment that they would be in, where they just would be spending a lot of time with each other, and I, I really think it would benefit them um, because they're all so close to each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and John Hamm mentioned this yesterday on the Dream Team, but they've had such a good road record that the environment hasn't rattled them much, that they yeah. just go out and play. And the fact that they have so many options when it comes to scoring down the stretch, like that that has helped a lot when you have the three-guard lineup. Uh, I was uh, <clears throat> I produced a show yesterday. <clears throat> excuse me. I produced a show yesterday for uh, the Tampering Podcast with Sam Amick and Joe Varden that BJ Armstrong was on and he was talking about winning a championship and one way that they, he, he felt like they kind of came together and grew together was that he said that they all had to be each other's truth tellers. He said that there was not technically one leader that we all had to be a leader and that we all had to call each other out and that he would call out Michael Jordan. And that he said that Michael Jordan could dish it out, but he could also take it. I thought some of those comments were really interesting and it made me think of the Thunder, especially these past few years. And I just wonder if the whole team felt like it could be truth tellers for one another with the, with the Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony teams. I just wonder if that was a thing with those teams. Because to me, and I'm on the outside looking in, I'm not saying that I know this to be true, but it seemed like that was not the type of environment that the Thunder had and I just wondered, like, 
how much of that was Im- impacting the way that the team was performing, especially come playoff time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we, we've talked about the different personalities of Westbrook and Chris Paul, and they obviously have pros and cons to each. Um, but I think in this kind of setting that's coming up, it's kind of nice to have just the steady veteran. Although, if you wanted to give the alternate uh, reality is that Chris Paul hasn't really performed, or, or actually he has performed well in the playoffs, but he has also had some really bad moments, mm-hmm. um, some of which came against the Thunder yep. uh, when he was with the Clippers. And so you kind of have to put that into it as well, and, and maybe not having the crowd will just allow him to kind of be the player that he always has been in the regular season and for most of the playoffs, and, and maybe we'll see like the best playoff version of Chris Paul. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fair point. Yeah. I just, it, and it's because I cover the thunder, but that's like Westbrook was one of the first things that came to mind that do you think that Steven Adams is telling Russell Westbrook not to shoot threes when he's in OKC and you know, what pass to throw and you know, things like that, you know, it didn't on the court visibly, we didn't see a whole lot of that, but I just wonder if that was going on behind the scenes because he, he, BJ just kept saying, like, you don't win unless you're able to do that. And you see teams, and it it creates, like, arguments and frustration and things like that with, like, the Warriors. And the Warriors, I felt like Draymond Green clearly sets forth this environment of (laughs) truth-telling because he just can't keep his mouth shut. And I think it led to good things and bad things for the Warriors. Uh, I think that some... I don't know that Durant is a guy that is is a great truth teller himself and a guy that's going to receive that well. Uh, sure didn't seem like it. Uh, well, it's interesting because now that you bring it up, you know, there were, especially going back through all these years when I'm doing the trivia, mm-hmm. there certainly were some sideline, you know, arguments or fights that kind of were famous throughout Thunder history. Um, and we didn't really see any of that these last two years. Yeah. You know, we didn't see a ton of emotion or antagonism between players, unless you can think of one off the top of your head. I, I don't really remember moments like that. Whereas I can remember like those times with Westbrook and Durant, like going at it on the sidelines. Yeah. And of course, that was blown up as a negative thing, but obviously that can be a hugely positive thing if everyone's working towards the same goal and it's just part of that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just found that to be very interesting. Because it's something that you don't, it's one of those intangibles you don't think a lot about, but I think that it's its probably true when it comes to like a cohesive group of people. And this Thunder team is uniquely positioned to be that, where like Chris Paul is obviously the best player and will be a Hall of Famer and you know, he'll have all those accolades at the end of the day. But he's also at a point in his age where he's not, he's not like 29 and just like the a dominant force. He's been very, very good. I think that he will probably make All-NBA um, this year. But, um, you know, they're uniquely positioned. They've got all these young guys. They've got like these fringe, like very, very good players. And Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, but they're not great players. To where you, they all probably feel like, I can talk to these guys. And Shea, the same thing. Shea's this up-and-coming star. But he's at the point in his career where he can be coached and, and told things, and he's got to hear the hard things. Uh, and then Gallinari just seems like a guy that's going to do whatever the team needs anyway. So it just seems like this team in particular is positioned uniquely to do that. Do they have the talent to you know, make a long playoff run? Like I, I don't think so. Uh, 
but still, I think that that's been one of the things that's helped keep this team together is that they can all be truth tellers for one another. Um, I think, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, um, I know you talked about with uh, Mikey about a potential jazz matchup, but if they really do try to get some regular season games in, or at least trying to hit that 70 game mark for most of these teams, obviously it is close enough in the standings right now. We're just a few games from this new jazz team who now doesn't have uh, Bogdanovich mm-hmm. and is coming off of some of the conflict with Mitchell and Gobert, they could easily drop to six or mm-hmm. pro- even, th- well, probably not seventh or three games up in the loss column on the Mavericks. Um, actually, they're four games up in the loss column with the Mavericks. So, but they could drop to sixth um, and we could get the Thunder Rockets matchup in an Orlando oh setting. <laughs> in fact, in fact, if they play oh. any regular season games, I would argue that's probably the most likely scenario. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, I've just had Thunder Jazz in my head, just thinking, well, let's just jump into the playoffs. Let's just get this going. But Thunder Rockets in a neutral site environment would just be almost. It would just feel like too much. <laughs> it would just be so. <laughs> So it crazy. would it, it'd feel like some weird thing we would have done early in the season on 2K. Just like, oh, I just want to see what this is like. Yeah. Or look at it in an empty gym. Right. I mean, it's I mean, it would be it would be a wild wild time. Uh and I would it would I would almost prefer Jazz Rockets just because it would be like, okay, we've had no basketball for all this time and now we're going to throw you into a Thunder Rockets series. Westbrook versus Chris Paul. Let's go. Yes. Not easing us in at all. <laughs> and although to not have to deal with the uh, in-person ramifications of that, I mean, eh, might be nice. You know, you don't yeah. have to deal with the Westbrook coming back to Oklahoma City story every single game. It would be kind of awesome, though. I mean, the storylines would be incredible if they could actually yeah. play. I mean, it, it's... It, and the storylines would be crazy if, if it, obviously it won't be in, in person for us, but uh, the story storylines would be nuts. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor, licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you've struggled with ED, go to getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. But I think the the best case... <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say the words, Alex. I don't even want to say dream scenario uh, just because that bit me so hard in the butt last year. Uh, but it actually did become the dream scenario in a way, right? Uh, Maybe the yeah, dream scenario I mean, wasn't wasn't what we thought. Right. Sometimes 
we want something so much, but we get something that's different that's much better. And I think that's what we got. I think we actually did get the dream scenario. We just didn't know it at the time. Uh, it'll, but, be, it'll be interesting to see what they do with regular season because, like, the Mavericks, let's say they want every team to play 70 games. The Mavericks have already played 67, so mm-hmm. they'd only have to play three more games, whereas the Thunder have only played 64, so mm-hmm. they'd have to play six more games. So, you know, the Mavs could go 3-0 and in those games, and Oklahoma City would still only have to go 3-3 three and three to yeah. have the same record as them. Yeah. Um, I, I just wonder how they'll handle that, because that is weird to make a team play only three games versus six games mm-hmm. in this kind of lead-up. Well, and who, who benefits from that? If you get to play six games, is that more beneficial? I mean, it could you could see it. As it that, could be as, but it's also greater shape? risk for injuries that could happen before the playoffs. It's true, with guys coming back, so you don't know. We don't know anything. We don't, we nothing don't know about <laughs> anything. The Lakers have only played sixty three. Oh wow! Did you read the uh, Did you read the Kevin O'Connor piece about the testing ideas that they have? No, I thought it was pretty good because one thing I had heard on the Bill Simmons pod that they brought up again and again is that the NBA is really worried about the PR backlash to them having to use a lot of tests, mm-hmm. which I understand like two months ago. Yeah. Um, Cause I even felt that way when, you know, we really didn't know what was happening and all of us, and we knew that there were no tests around. Then all of a sudden these tests pop up for these, you know, basketball players. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, the, the most recent numbers were we're doing like over 400,000 tests per day, still still needing to get to like this goal of a million tests per day, but we're like on the way there. Yeah. I don't know. That, that seems less of an issue to me. But one of the things he talked about is doing this thing called group testing, where they basically take the blood from multiple people. They group those samples together. So let's say you had a thousand people. You could split them up into groups of 20, and then you test those groups just with one single test. And then if a group tests positive, then you go back with individual tests and retest those 20 people. Huh. Um, and it's it's one way to reduce the number of tests that you would need. Um, so like in a group of 2,000 people, you can cut down the number of tests you would need from 2,000 to 300. Wow. Like over a certain number. And so I, I thought that was a really interesting idea. Apparently, it's something they kind of uh, came up with during World War II um, to test for syphilis. And then the other thing he was talking about was that a lot of the NBA players are now taking part in this antibody test that's through Mayo Clinic. Um, so they're go- they're trying to get a baseline number for how many people in the NBA already have COVID antibodies. And then they're also using it just as a way to better the test and check its accuracy. But um, it seems like they're on the forefront of a lot of these testing ideas. So that that I know is a big part of this because obviously if you have people in a contained bubble, you're not just going to need to do testing, but you're going to need to do frequent testing because these tests can still have false negatives. Um, and so you're going to have to do repeat testing with people to catch those false negatives. Um, but it seems like they've they're obviously have thought of all this. So I, I thought that was a really good article though. So if you if you want to go and read that. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. Uh, Sham Sharania is everything is upticking as we're doing this podcast. It, it seems like <clears throat> the NBA is very close to making a deal with or with uh, Walt Disney World, um, getting things going. It says Orla- Orlando's Walt Disney World is on track to win the bid to become the NBA's playing site to resume the 2019-2020 season, with the hope of emerging of games tipping off by mid-July. So there it is. 
That's very funny that you didn't know Keith Smith worked at Disney. So you must have just thought he was just crazy guy. How does he have this random Disney connection? <laughs> I thought he was just just spitting some some Disney. I had no idea. It's it's so funny. Um, now, what do you what do you think about? Obviously, they weren't be fans at these games. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have Mickey and the whole gang. They live right down the street. <laughs> I know. What if what if in wide shots they cut back and it's just Mickey sitting by himself in the stands. You'd have Pluto there, the whole <laughs> gang, watching the games together. I mean, the giant suits seem to... I mean, I don't think you're getting COVID through that suit. So That's true. That is almost like a, just a big mask. It's like a, a full body mask. A giant mask. I think it would be hilarious. And then... Do you think the? I don't know what the setup looks like. I don't know if there's bleachers. I don't know if there's places to sit actually where they're going to do this. But are other like, other players from other teams that won't be playing going to be sitting and watching these games, like sitting apart? Oh, yeah. And, I guess you could kind of like how they have like during March Madness, like the team that's about to take the court yeah. or that just played a game will just be like hanging out in the stands watching it. Yeah. And so yeah, do you you get the reaction? I mean. Guys, there's got to be, I mean, obviously guys like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and Paul George and those guys are not going to be super reactionary to the things that are happening on the court. They're probably just going to be sitting and watching and trying to be stoic knowing that there's cameras. But there's got to be some players that will be rooting for other teams, right? And like excited for other teams. And so to me, that would be another really fun angle to take because there's obviously like your traditional like, what's going on on the court, the basketball, who's winning, who's losing, all that. But then there's, I feel like there's going to be this slice of, if if it is, if you do get to see the players watching these games, who's rooting for who, what does it look like, you know, what does like each like <clears throat> slight movement or cheer or like fist pump, what does it mean? I, I don't know. I feel like there's there's a lot there and I hope that they allow them to sit and also be on camera uh, to watch the games because I think that would be, I think it would be awesome. <laughs> and, and it'd be funny to see the players, you know, like Chris Paul, like let's say the Thunder get knocked out eventually. He'd probably want to go back home, be with his family and his kids. Yeah. But for maybe like some of the young guys like Darius Baisley, like if you're already there, might as well just hang out and watch the rest of the playoffs. For real. Bays would stay. That would, <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, another thing is that Baisley will be playing, which was... A bigger deal than I thought it would be when he went out is that they really did miss his presence from game to game. And he's getting yoked out there right now as we speak. So just saying. He's going to be shooting the ball so far because he has too many <laughs> muscles. <laughs> he's a, he's an interesting wild card moving forward for the Thunder. Uh, just I don't know what he'll be. I mean, the, he's his variance is wide. He could be a guy that's out, there, of, out of the league in three years. He could be a guy that's a full-time starter in four years, three or four years. I don't. I just don't know what he'll be. Are there any other random injuries across the league that could potentially influence a playoff run? Like we've heard that KD probably isn't going to come back, even if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogdanovich seems like he's going to be out beyond this. Yeah. Are there any other random injuries, kind of like Baisley for other teams? That I, I can't don't, think of anyone off the top of my head. I don't really know. I mean, the the Rockets were just completely banged up right before all this happened. Uh, and so I I think that they benefited from the long layoff, uh, especially a guy like P.J. Tucker, who 
seemed like he could possibly die, you know, by the end of the season. And he he's a guy that probably needed a ton of rest. And to me, that that makes the I would have predicted the Rockets to probably lose in round one, the way that they were going the last several weeks of the season. Uh, but now, to me, the Rockets are a sincere wild card to to make a real push. Uh, and I would I would be pretty afraid to play them if if I'm really any team. Uh, just because they do have the the firepower with Westbrook and Harden, and then they've got good role players, and they play, they just play differently. And maybe teams have and will figure out the, their strategy and be able to to push them aside. But to me, that, that they're a wild card that I would be a little bit of afraid of. Uh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that in terms of who this would benefit. But yeah, the Rockets makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the playoff schedule would look. I wonder if they'd have like games every other day for these teams. Yeah. I'm guessing it would be something like that. Yeah. There's no travel in between. And yeah, so, that's true. I mean, that's, that's another thing to consider to where you could probably have games closer together. And that's probably another reason why they could continue the regular season. It's just, there's no travel in between. There's no worry. Like, if it's a second night of a back to back, it's not as big a deal because you would have the travel concerns of, Okay, they get in at three or four a.m. to their you know road location. They've got to get their bearings. They've got to do all these things during the day, and then they got to play, and then they got to fly out again. You're just there, and so when you're done, you go eat a meal, and then probably go back to your hotel, and you probably go to bed, and you wake up, and you're there. So to me, it's it takes out so many of the factors that make the playoffs difficult the travel and all that is really difficult on those guys if you don't have that it just to me this benefits the veterans of the league that have been in the playoffs that have the mental toughness that have all those things already and know how how to do it and then you get to subtract all the travel and not sleeping and all of those things you get to take all of that out because and probably you just walk game pressers too yeah, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, I don't know. I would think there would be some media allowed to go to Orlando. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I don't know how that happens. Uh, but I would guess that there would be some. And what does that look like? There's, I mean, you're not going to have these long post-game pressers and pre-game pressers. It's, it'll be different. I don't know how they'll do it. I mean, obviously, ESPN and TNT and Turner, and all those they'll be there. And how, how do they handle that uh, will be extremely interesting. Well, I'm excited, Andrew. So you think they're going to have like a big announcement? It seems like we're it seems like we're moving toward that. I think it's it feels inevitable. Oh, my gosh. My one year old. I don't. Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. He's bang. I'm in my bedroom. He's banging on the door. <laughs> What does he want? What are you keeping from him? I don't know. We've been we have been hanging a lot, me and him. So oh yeah. We just he just want. I think he just wants to hang out. Uh, that's been it's been a benefit working from home. Get to hang with him pretty much all the time, which is pretty great. So I think he's just wanting to hang. <laughs> and and I don't know where my wife is. So <laughs> okay, he stopped. Uh, okay. The last thing that we'll touch on today is Tillman Fertitta and was a part of some 
panel about bringing restaurants back and how do we do this? And he was a part of this expert panel uh, that Donald Trump had gathered together and it was uh, televised and it just brought out just some great stuff, just some great content, really great Thunder content, not not great Rockets content, but really great Thunder content for, for the people. And Alex, you want to you wanna walk us through some of this so that we could talk about some of the ramifications of it? Yes, I, uh, I was trying to find a quote. And so just to let you all know, I'm reading from the Ch- South China Morning Post. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm getting my information. So Fertitta said, you know, it's funny you brought up China. I should have realized that it was going to be a bad year for China when my general manager tweeted out, you know, freedom for Hong Kong. That started my year. I'm still trying to work that out. And then Trump asked uh, if Maury still worked for the Rockets, saying, did, did he cause you a little ruckus? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Trump said, whatever happened to him, by the way? Is he still working for you? He must be pretty good. And then for Tita kind of like fumbled around. Somebody whispered to him, it's a trick question. And then for Tita said, it's a trick question, which uh, I don't know what that means. What does uh, that mean? But if any of this leads to Dr- Donald Trump convincing Tillman for Tita that he's got to get rid of Daryl Morey, I'm all for that. God, it, it feels like we're heading toward a lot of great things. One, the NBA coming back. And two, Tillman for Tita firing everybody with the Rockets. <laughs> And by the way, I don't like to root for people to lose their jobs, but in this case, I know Daryl Morey would get another GM job like five seconds later if this actually happened. So, like, I'm not worried about Daryl Morey. He would actually probably probably be better for him to be have his choice of teams to go to um, the way the Rockets are going. But, yeah, this is this is kind of exciting. (laughs) It's kind of exciting. It's the first time. And it's weird that Fertitta like brought it up on his own. Yeah. Obviously, still thinking about it. it, is, it um, is very but weird. I know that him and Trump are—they've known each other for a while. Yeah, um, like back in back in Trump's business days. So I do wonder if Trump could do some some espionage for the Thunder and convince Fertitta to that that Maury, you just can't hang on to this guy. I mean, he's out there tweeting, just sending out tweets like that. <laughs> what a story! I mean, honestly, you. It at least nudges Tillman closer to firing Daryl Morey, right? I, I mean, think so. You know, actually, I'm reading more of this South China Morning News. Uh, they said that China's Global Times, which sounds like a big paper in China, called for Morey to be quote properly handled last week. Wow, like that was only last week. So they're still uh, they're still pretty mad at Daryl Morey. It sounds like. And and then it says the while CCTV reaffirmed that they would not show the NBA if the league resumed from its coronavirus suspension. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I we still haven't heard a lot about the financial implications of that tweet. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about like how much that tweet really cost the Houston Rockets specifically. We've yeah. heard a little bit about the potential effect on the league as a whole. Um. But I would just be interested just from a business standpoint because more than any other team, maybe other than the Bulls uh, with MJ, had that like deep connection and deep relationship with China. Yeah. It seems like that's that's all up in smoke and it continues to be up in smoke. Yep. It's – I know – I can't remember. I heard hundreds of millions of dollars were lost because of that tweet, which feels crazy. 
And if that's true, I, I find it pretty difficult to imagine that he would keep his job. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly kind of fascinating that he's kept it this far just because uh, everything we know about Tillman Fertitta, he approaches this like a business and uh, he's, you know, cutting costs where mm-hmm. he can when it comes to the luxury tax. So it, it almost seems like if some, if someone affected his bottom line that much that he would have already made a move. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this summer. And it seems like Dan Tony is like done. What are they going to do? Uh, I mean, Jeff Van Gundy, Tom Thibodeau. We've 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 talked about the names. I know. Although although, like you said, I mean, this could be the perfect setup for this weird Houston Rockets team. What if they ran through the playoffs? Can't fire them then. No. <laughs> Unless you want to pull like a Jerry Krause. <laughs> yeah, it's it's astounding. And when the Thunder traded Westbrook and got those picks. You just thought, okay, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this will be for the Thunder. But as things have kind of carried on, you get they those picks become more and more attractive. And my worry now is not that they're going to be picks in the twenties. My worry now is that those are top going to be four. like the top, the number one pick in the draft, and the Thunder won't even get it. <laughs> that's my that's my concern. Yeah. And the bummer with those picks is they don't convert to later first rounders. They just convert to second rounders. Yeah. Which is fine, you know. That's part of the risk that you mm-hmm. take when you make that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I've been thinking about that too. Although it doesn't seem like Fertitta is going to be the type of guy who's comfortable with tanking. No, I mean he and and is West or is Harden going to be content with being on that team? Let's say Maury's gone, they hire a new coach, they lose in the first round or second round this year, they do the same next year. Then what's Harden going to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the things we know about Fertitta is when all this kind of went down, he was definitely one of the owners that was still advocating for fans in the arena, Yeah, um, which obviously has to do with the amount of, that he gets from the gate. So if you really do get to a point where the Rockets theoretically need to tank in order to become better in the future, it's hard to imagine him doing that because they already have issues with their attendance. I mean, he, the Houston Rockets are not known for their fan base. Mm-hmm. Well, at least their in-person fan base. Very familiar yeah. with their Twitter fan base. Right. <laughs> I would say they are known for their Twitter fan base. They are. It is great. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's to me, it's it's a very intriguing storyline for the next few years. As the Thunder you know, begin to tear down and Robertson and Gallinari expire this offseason, I don't know what they'll do with Gallinari, uh, but as those guys you know, move on, the Thunder kind of become getting a better place cap-wise. You know, I just I just feel like the Thunder are, are positioned very well to enter this next era because there's no stress of trying to you know find that last piece and is your owner willing to pay for it and Tillman hasn't been willing to pay for it and he's proven that many many times over despite what he says he always says he's willing to pay the tax and then uh, you know he's willing to spend and then it just doesn't happen and you know those Westbrook I mean if if the cap did fall to like ninety something million. You're basically there with Westbrook and Harden. Yeah. I mean, you're there. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. I don't think it will end up doing that. I don't think they'll just let the bottom fall out. I think that they'll smooth it. But let's just say that it Oh, now happen. they decide smoothing's a good idea. I know. It'll happen. 
it'll happen. They'll smooth it. And it will be a very frustrating process for Thunder fans because it, I mean, that would have saved the the Durant era. It wouldn't, it would, he wouldn't have been able to go to Golden State. And then what does he do if he can't go to Golden State? Does he go to Boston? Maybe he does. Maybe he ends up leaving anyways. But still, the smoothing stuff will be, be frustrating to hear about when it does happen. But it is smoothing the other direction because it's like, do we want right. less money now? Uh, because the players didn't quite understand what it meant. It was really just for the 2016 guys that really, truly benefited because everything has very much changed since then on who gets paid what. But like if you're Evan Turner, you got to be super jacked right now that you got that huge contract back then. Because everybody was, and at the time, people were like, well, this is the new normal. Evan Turner is going to make $20 bucks. That's just what we have to deal with. And it just wasn't true at all and now it's very much the opposite of true and and what we're what we're dealing with now in in this environment uh okay anything else alex i thought we're gonna do just a quick pod for today but uh, we will have the trivia pod released on friday this week and then next week we'll have everything back to normal and hopefully even better news to report as we uh continue to to get more information so anything else alex no so you said Mid July is when we're thinking. So that's we're still like so it's being reported. Two months away, a month and a half. Yeah, there'll be some uh, kind of training camp that will. We begin. need another documentary, Andrew. <laughs> I know. Somebody needs to put something out. Players will start reporting. I mean, mid July. I mean, there's still just so much to to be done to to get to the point of being able to play. I mean, I think 17 out of 30 practice facilities are open. Right now, we got to get all of them open, presumably. Uh, and then we have to figure out a way to get everybody to Orlando and then training camps and then everything. I mean, there's just a lot to do to get to that point. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure people are working very hard to get there. But, you know, we've made it through from, was it March 11th? Is that right? To May that 20th? That sounds right. So we've gone... Two months well, with basically yeah. no good news. <laughs> so now I think that we could go two months until the start of games with good news trickling in, right? We could do this. Yeah, especially if they started releasing. Basically, we, should, we had a redux of what happens in the preseason. You know, that we have schedule release day. Yeah. Even, even if it's just for like five games. Yeah. That would be exciting. Um, and then starting to see players practicing again. And maybe getting some type of like media interaction with the players and coaches as they start preparing. That would definitely tide us all over. I feel like we might have to even do what we do leading up to the season, where we preview each team again. It's like, let's try to remember who is on what team. Let's talk about it. Because <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember any of this stuff. Oh, man. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Huge shout out to Alex, by the way, with the work that he's put in for these trivia shows. If you have listened and enjoyed those, please make sure that you give him a shout out on Twitter because it's been a, it's been a great thing for our show uh, and for the people listening to have something to kind of get them through. I've gotten lots of messages, lots of comments, text messages, DMs just about how great the those shows have been. And it's a huge testament to Alex's uh, work ethic and just wanting to make the show the best that he can. So make sure that you give him a shout out for that. Also shout out to Alex for that, for uh, tearing apart the fry pod guys. 
I mean, how how have you felt just watching us just just being torn apart, just torn to shreds? Well, I was going to say the the trivia shows. I feel like they've been good for the stock of the L man. I feel they like have. the L man stock is rising. It is rising over the last few weeks. The L man stock has risen. After week <laughs> one, I was very afraid of of Luke stock. I mean, it was like Chesapeake Energy low at the time. Yes, but he Andrew is, was uh, inquiring uh, with the league office if there was any way he could make trades. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. But he has risen from the ashes and has. I mean, he's probably taken over the number one spot on the on the trivia. Trivia squad. He is a phoenix. He is. Mm. <laughs> so tune in for that Friday. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you guys then. <laughs> <laughs>